When you do that with footballers, like he said about Leeds, and when you do things like that about a man like Stuart Pearce, I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that, but I'll tell you, you can tell him now, if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. There's lots of stories about love in the world, and the best love stories and not the ones where it's all smooth sailing. Now, the best stories, and the best love stories in particular, are those with drama, with conflict, where love isn't pure and wholesome, but it's bittersweet in some way. In that footage of Kevin Keegan, manager of Newcastle Football Club in the 1990s, is famous in British football culture. And it's not because his claim that he would love it if Newcastle beats Manchester United to the Premier League reveals wholesome love for his own team, no, it's so entertaining because those two words, love it, are so full of contempt and anger. Love and hate collide, if you will. Love, not as it should be, makes the story. And in this, a very special episode of the officially unofficial Def Leppard podcast, Def Leppard, the podcast that tells the story of Def Leppard in new ways, as we said we would when we launched back in May 2020. Well, we'll conclude our own story and bring the show home by looking at the conflict inherent in a Def Leppard song that tells us to watch out for love, that love bleeds, and that indeed, love bites. Let's go. To begin with, let's take the path of least resistance and discuss love bites in chronological terms from its inception to its release and then its impact. So Love Bites is the fourth track on Def Leppard's 1987 album Hysteria, you may have heard of it. Writing credits are awarded to Robert John, Mutt Lang, Phil Collins, Steve Clark, Joe Elliott and Rick Sav Savage, everyone's favourite Sav. It's an 80s power rock ballad by Def Leppard and it's a song that was initially conceived not by Def Leppard themselves, but by unofficial sixth member, the aforementioned producer Robert John Mutt Lang. And to begin with, it didn't really belong to the rock music genre at all. Love Bites uh, was, was kind of it was a Mutt song, Mutt Lang song. Um, it, when he brought it in, it was just it was pure country. He sung it, and it was when you may laugh, do you look in the mirror? It, was, it definitely had a, a twang to it and stuff. Um, it actually sounded more like Don Henley or something, and you know we worked on it obviously, and it, it just ended up being very guitar-y. From that initial idea that Mutt brought in, it's guitarist Phil Collin who has the most influence from the band in shaping the song from this point onwards. This is borne out by Phil's claim that it became very, and I quote, guitar-y, and also suggested by the order of the writing credits, which often signal the weight of influence. Mutt Lang and Phil Collin notably are the first two names which appear, and in that order, respectively. So vocalist Joe Elliott has said that he didn't have a whole lot to do with the writing of Love Bites, but the clue to the part where he possibly was most involved lies in another song written around the same time.
I Want to Be Your Hero was the B-side to the UK release of Pour Some Sugar On Me and the B-side to the US release of Animal, respectively. Both, of course, single releases from the Hysteria album. In addition, a slightly revised version of the song also features on the 1993 Odds and Sods album Retroactive. Now, the relevance of this song is that its original title was none other than Love Bites. But in the shake-up of songs written for the Hysteria sessions, the cream of those songs began to eventually rise to the top. And the title that they liked, Love Bites, was taken and given to what was clearly the better song, the one that we all know and love now as Love Bites. And one thing becomes very apparent when we listen to the chorus. lots of mention of love bites and that being the case it feels safe to conclude that the chorus as we know it sounds distinctly different to whatever Mud brought to the table sometime before they pilfered the title from the song that was love bites but would become i want to be your hero the words love bites are absolutely integral to that chorus and with the mention of words let's have a quick tour of the lyrics in this song Def Leppard have adopted a method discussed by famous songwriter and Bon Jovi collaborator Desmond Child so he talks about how he would come up with song titles by placing words together which if not opposites were juxtaposed in some way so in simple terms words you wouldn't expect to see together you'll of course heard of Bon Jovi's bad medicine or you give love a bad name it's all about the creation of conflict Bad medicine, for example, sounds much more interesting a prospect than good medicine. And Def Leppard do the same in the title and the chorus. Love is supposed to be positive, but here in the first instance, love bites, love bleeds, it brings us to our knees, it dies, begs and pleads. Loads and loads of problems with love here. But then there's that twist, that despite love being a pain in the neck, it's also, and I quote, what we need. This is a very complicated situation, Def Leppard mates. The chorus tells us that there is turmoil, but it's the verses that explains why the turmoil exists. We won't go through it line by line, but you get the gist from the first few lines of the first verse. So we've got when you make love, do you look in the mirror? Who do you think of? Does he look like me? Do you tell lies and say that it's forever? Do you think twice? Just touch and see. So in short, Joe is with a lady. He's pulling all of his best moves and she's thinking of someone else. Whether that's an actual person she's having an affair with, whether this is just all in Joe's mind, it's not actually clear. But it's indicated by all of these lines, phrases, questions. We're not too sure what's going on. We're all in the dark. Are these suspicions justified or is it his imagination? Cue in a turmoil, Def Leppard mates. So lyrically, Def Leppard had a subject matter that people could relate to and was universal. It was about the human condition and relationships. And it's so universal that the general concept of 
in essence, just being a little bit needy, features a lot in many, many Def Leppard songs. Go and check out the catalogue and you'll see what I mean, but I'll give you a starter for 10. Have you ever needed someone so bad? Even better than the lyrics is the music itself and the melodies that carry these words. So let's begin by first considering one of the best and most melodic bridges ever written. This is a thousand other bands best chorus that they'll ever write. Pod would argue that what you just heard is absolute perfection. But as you'll hear now, in this clip where Joe and Phil have a listen to some of the original tapes, it very nearly wasn't the case. Lots of things on the multi-tracks never actually got used. Great. No, indeed. But you know what? I, I think it's just the character of the voice. If we'd have done it in a different thing, yeah. it, would have, it would have sounded cool. Oh, well, let's just solo it. Too much, baby. I know we left for lunch, baby. Oh, that's actually all Mutt doing both parts there. He's obviously trying to get a, a very different sound between the two. Now, it's the only, I think it's the only thing that we ever said, Mutt, no, please, for God's sake, take them off. They are just awful. And they, it, it wasn't us. It was the only thing on the record to me that just didn't sound like anything that would you know, we'd like to be represent, you know, to represent what we do. I wouldn't want to be remembered for that bit. So as you can hear with your own ears and from Joe's opinion, this inclusion by Mutt really didn't work. However, I understand why Mutt wanted to put a melodic line between the vocal melody in the bridge. It's because it's actually already there and deserves accentuating. If you listen carefully between the lines, you can actually hear some understated guitar parts. <laughs> So I think Mutt is trying to squeeze out every bit of melody that seems almost organic and inherent in the DNA of this song. And I think this because 35 years later, a different person, Eric Gorfan, does exactly the same thing. In 2023, Def Leppard released an album called Drastic Symphonies, reimaginings of Def Leppard songs recorded with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Now, Eric Gorfan, the arranger and composer of the orchestral sections, is enticed to add a further flourish for the bridge in exactly the same place that Mutt did, accentuating that guitar melody between the lines. I don't want to touch you too much, baby. 
in Daft Leppard's opinion, it's much more successful. And this very section and those strings are actually Daft Leppard's favourite part of this version of Love Bites. Before we move on to the release of Love Bites as a single and its impact, we'll first touch on a few more little nuggets about this song. Love Bites is of course famous for that computerised voice that bookends the song. In there is of course those little pulses, those little noises. Now I suggest that you skip the next 10 seconds or so if you don't want to hear something for the rest of your life in this song that you'll never be able to unhear. So those little noises, those little pulses, I did read that that sound is actually someone just saying the words fuck off, fed through lots of effects. Now I'm not sure if it's true, but if it is, it is very conveniently in keeping with our theme of conflict in love songs. Something similar is used elsewhere in a song, and at the very, very end, where we hear something just as it fades out that fans have queried for a long time. Joe explains all. And to finally put the controversy to bed. Oh yeah. At the end. Turn this up. Uh. There's a vocoda over the end. We've, uh, we've had letters, websites, God knows what, saying that it's, um, does Joliet sing, um, Jesus of Nazareth, go to hell? The amount of people have asked me that, mm. I've had like... However that sounds like that is beyond me, but for a start, it's not me, it's Mutt. And um, it's actually Mutt mimicking my accent, a Yorkshire accent, and it's Mutt on a vocoder going, bloody hell. <laughs> so that's what it is. Let's give you some facts. So Love Bites with its bloody hell in tow was released as a single in July 1988 and became Def Leppard's only number one in the United States of America. Other chart positions include number one in the Canada Retail Singles Chart, number two in New Zealand, number seven in Ireland, number 11 in the UK, number 21 in Australia. And for long-time listeners of Def Leppard who are keen to know where it charted in the Netherlands, important information, I can reveal that it went to number 23. So if you bought a 12-inch single, as well as having Love Bites, you'll have also heard a live version of Billy's Got a Gun, recorded in Tilburg in 1987, and Excitable from Hysteria, but the orgasmic mix. Love Bites was intended to be the sixth and final single from the Hysteria album. It was openly advertised as the last single in magazines, and as a consequence, it actually contained the final four cards to go along with the sleeves of all of the Hysteria singles, so collectors could put them together to make a montage to make the cover of the Hysteria album. 
In fact, if you watch the Historia VHS video released in 1988, which features all of the Def Leppard music videos up to that date, Love Bites notably only appears at the very, very end of the video, after the credits and added as a surprise. From a single point of view, Love Bites was supposed to be the culmination of the Hysteria journey, the Hysteria story. However, on the back of its raging chart success and popularity, it gave the Hysteria album even more momentum and a seventh and final single, Rocket, was released. So for anyone who has this as a single, it's the reason why it's the only sleeve featuring artwork that isn't intended to be part of the Hysteria album cover. Rocket was never intended to be a single. The release and success of Love Bites impacted on what Def Leppard were doing live in 1988 too. So to date, Love Bites has been played live by Def Leppard a total of 1,613 times. And its first ever live airing was six months into the Hysteria Tour when it was played on the 4th of December 1987 at the BSU Pavilion in Boise, Idaho in the United States. It was then ditched and didn't feature live again until just prior to its release. And it's played for only the second time on the 21st of June at the Northland Coliseum in Edmonton. It then flits in and out of the set for about a month and at different places in the set list. But then, and right around the time of release, it's played as the first encore at the Indiana State Fair on the 18th of July, 1988. From this point onwards, it is played at every single show until the end of the Hysteria Tour, which finished up at the Tacoma Dome on the 27th of October, 1988. And it's always as the first song of the encore. Now have a listen to this and you'll hear why it becomes a mainstay of the set. and figures can tell us about the success of a song without sometimes really painting a realistic picture really showing us exactly what it was like you just listen to that crowd reaction to love bites recorded on the 13th of october at the rosemont horizon illinois usa and you can hear and feel what it means to have a massive number one hit in the response of the crowd to that song as the band returned to the stage to begin to see out the show the common story about Love Bites Live is how the band quickly had to learn to play it because they'd never actually had to sit down in a room and play it all together in one go and how it was actually so difficult to play and it's a good story but there's something in the simplicity of the lesser known story Def Leppard released Love Bites, it was number one and the crowd went wild, that's even better With all this talk of going wild, who's up for a fight? Are you ready? Ready! 
for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world from the capital city of the United States of America, Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So taking our theme of conflict and our song, Love Bites, let's set up three different fights. And I'll tell you Daft Left Pod's winner for each of these rumbles, and you see how your winner compares. So first up, let's take the fact that, as mentioned, Love Bites began life as a country song. And let's match up the four Def Leppard songs that all have a country music flavour in one way or another. Here we go. You're my shoulder to cry on. You're the best of best friends. You put fire in my fingers. You put joy in the wind. My brother, my sister. Quartet of songs bookended by Disc Guitar and Lifeless, both from the Diamond Star Halos album and both featuring country music star Alison Krauss. As well as Love Bites, we also had Nine Lives, which was the first single from 2008's Songs from the Sparkle Lounge. Another song with a guest vocal from a country star, this time Tim McGraw. As for the winner, for me, and the clear number one is Love Bites, with this guitar at number two, Lifeless at number three, and Nine Lives fourth. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! On to our next fight, and this one is all about the number four. With the exception of the debut album, On Through the Night, track four on every Def Leppard album is reserved for the showstopper ballad or slower song. This was first established with bringing on the heartbreak of Def Leppard's second album, High and Dry, and was cemented really on the fourth album, Hysteria, where Love Bites was the fourth track, and that trend has stayed hard and fast pretty much ever since. In chronological order, let's listen to those track fours. Let's fight. Got the best of me 
For love from Pyromania, Love Bites, Tonight from Adrenalize, Two Steps Behind from Retroactive, Goodbye from Euphoria, Every Day from X, Love from Songs from the Sparkle Lounge, 
We Belong from a self-titled album, this guitar from Diamond Star, Halos, and finally, the reimagined and reworked and very much slowed down version of Pour Some Sugar On Me from 2023's Drastic Symphonies that tellingly slotted in yet again at that fourth spot. So, on the basis that episode 79 of Def Leppard Pod was one of our most popular episodes, and that was all about ranking Def Leppard, well, we will continue ranking. Get your pens at the ready, write down your ranking, and let's see how they compare to ours. In declining order, we have Every Day at number 11, Pour Some Sugar On Me reworked at number 10, Two Steps Behind at number 9, Goodbye at number 8, Love at number 7, This Guitar at number 6, We Belong at number 5. Now, splitting the final four has been torturous, but as a public service, we've done it for you. So, it's very tight, but here we go. Number 4 is Tonight. Number 3, Bringing On A Heartbreak. Number 2 is Too Late For Love. And number one and top of the pile is Love Bites. If you've not figured it out, Def Leppard mates, Def Leppard loves Love Bites. And on to our final fight. Oh, wait there, I've missed one out, haven't I? Yes, all I want is everything. Stick that in at number six, and then everything above that shunt up one space. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! This one is a little bit different because we're going to put two live versions of Love Bites up against each other, and the focus is actually on the guitar solo. As you may well know, now and again over the years, Def Leppard will play an extended version of Love Bites Live, where Vivian Campbell takes the centre stage and delivers an extended outro solo. This first happened on a seven-day weekend tour in support of Adrenalize in 1992 and 1993. And if you weren't lucky enough to see that in real life, you may well know it from the Don Valley Show in 1993, which features on a couple of different DVDs and CDs. Over the years, I've heard many, many Def Leppard fans say that this is their favourite ever version of Love Bites, the Don Valley version. The ultimate definitive version, and I've also long held this view too. However, there is another sheriff in town that not as many people know about, which is the version from the live Mirrorball album recorded on the Sparkle Lounge tour in 2008 and 2009. And what's cool about this is it's the same concept, an extended Vivian outro solo, but this one's different. Have a listen, they're both amazing versions. First up is Don Valley, 1993.
And now, here is the Mirrorball version. Now this might be tantamount to picking your favourite child, but we're going to stay true to our contrived conflict here in this episode. And for Def Leppard, nostalgia edges it, and the fact that I was personally at the Don Valley show seeing Def Leppard for only the second time just as I turned 14 when I saw that version of Love Bites. For that reason, I am going to put that as my preferred choice. What did you go for? Good choice. Let's begin to tie up the loose ends of Love Bites and indeed Def Leppard Pod with this. This was our, our first American number one, actually our only American number one single. And um, it, for good reason, I think. It was... Well, that's it. I mean, it covered all bases. It's my mom and dad's favourite ever song. And these guys grew up on Sonata and, and Nat King Cole. But it's also, you know, my goddaughter's favourite song and she's 11. The real story of Love Bites isn't about getting to number one. What's much more interesting is that this song about the difficulty of love and the conflict it can cause has universal appeal and is a favourite song of many people spanning different generations and has an emotional impact that resonates with so many. And Def Leppard mates, if you'll allow me a relatively short indulgence, I'll explain the impact of this song on me and how, whether you're a first-time listener to Def Leppard Pod, have been here since episode one, or whether you've jumped aboard somewhere in the middle. Now, ultimately, the story of Def Leppard Pod begins and ends with Love Bites. So as a 10-year-old boy in 1988, my older brother was into music, and he had his own band that he loved, Iron Maiden. And I wanted my own band too, so he suggested off the top of his head, because he'd sort of heard them, Def Leppard. 
So I took a walk to a shop called Woolworths in an area of Liverpool called Old Swan. And in the singles section, it just so happened that Def Leppard did actually have a single out at that time. Having never heard of the band in my life, and having never bought a record in my life, I picked up a 12-inch single and I bought this song, Love Bites by Def Leppard. So to cut a long story short, I loved it and I loved the two B-sides, Billy's Got A Gun Live and Excitable, The Orgasmic Mix. It was a record that had three songs that showed three very different sides to the band. The £2 cassette copy of Hysteria was then bought next from a man called John, who used to call at the houses around by ours and sell pirate cassettes and VHSs. And I listened to that album non-stop through the summer of 1988. Over the next year, the back catalogue follows, the Historia video, the In The Round In Your Face video, and from Def Leppard, I then discover more rock, heavy metal, and so on. You get the picture. Love Bites is my personal musical Rosetta Stone. It's the start of the meaning of everything in my musical life. And fast forward 32 years or so to May 2020, having not been able to find a Def Leppard podcast to listen to, to scratch my ongoing Def Leppard itch, I figured better just sort one out myself. Now the astute amongst you might think, decent story, but where's the conflict? You told us Def Leppard that a good story needs conflict, and you'd be correct. And, other than the frustration of gaps between Def Leppard albums, my journey with Def Leppard has been wholly positive and I've loved it. And I've even embraced and been proud that my love of Def Leppard was very much a solo endeavour. I liked that no one else I knew liked them. That I wasn't into an obvious and hipster band. You might have discovered music and had your doors blown open when you were there at the very first Sex Pistols gig. Yeah, but fuck that. I bought Love Bites blind from Woolies and that changed my life. You might have been at some Ramones gig in New York in the 1970s, saw them a heebie-jeebies or somewhere like that. Yeah, well, fuck that. When I was 13, I stood up in front of a class of 30 lads, half of who are now probably in prison, and for my English presentation, I spent 15 minutes telling them all the story of Def Leppard and explaining why they were brilliant, and I walked out alive. I loved my solo Def Leppard existence. There was no conflict. Or so, I thought. I thought he might, so I did. I love that little clip. It's from Don Valley and it occurs as the Leps walk back on stage for the encore and they're about to play the song of this episode, Love Bites. Joe's wearing a Sheffield United football shirt and Sav's wearing a Sheffield Wednesday one. There's football rivalry, but they have a laugh about it and they have a hug. And for me, it sums up how, while conflict can feel and give a story a little bit of an edge. Really, it's those shared moments, those shared experiences with others that are even better. When I started Deflect Pod, I was a sole voice because there was no other alternative and I was happy to fly solo. But as people like yourself have listened, and it's grown, and I got to know more and more people who had the same passion for Def Leppard, and who've come on and contributed to Def Leppard, it has made it so, so much more enjoyable than it would have been on my own. And in hindsight, maybe there was a conflict there in my own Def Leppard story, and I just didn't know it. Being a Leps fan on your own is fine, but sharing it with others is so, so much better. And I think back now to that very first episode of Def Leppard, and can see the contradiction. In that, I talked about riding to the sun, 
and I was a sole voice eulogising about how Def Leppard were a band of brothers. And maybe, just maybe, I was secretly pining for this myself. And so, just as Love Bites was intended to close out Def Leppard's hysteria story, the Love Bites episode, with its roots all the way back there in Liverpool in 1988 in Woolies for me, ends Def Leppard Pod. Well, sort of. Death Left Pod is now ending as a regular occurrence after 80 episodes, three and a half years, and many, many, many hours of Death Leopard chat. But what we've done so far is going nowhere, and it will sit there and exist on the internet for you to go back and have a listen to if you ever fancy it. The plan now is to take a good long break of about a year or so. However, stay subscribed wherever you listen and keep following us on social media because if something big happens in 2024, we will release an episode to talk about it. And in 2025, we will definitely be back in some form. I don't know exactly what form that will take you and it won't be as regular as we've had certainly over the last year and the last three years, but we'll come up with some fresh ideas and we'll make it good. So in short, don't forget us and we won't forget you and there will be a next time. Thank you, Def Leppard, for being the continuing soundtrack to our lives. Thank you to everyone who has contributed to this podcast one way or another and has supported it. And thank you all, Def Leppard mates, for listening. It's been great. I've loved it. Party out of the gate. Have fun. Okay, we are live. It's Helen, Colin, and I'm sitting here with my husband, Phil. And Say hi, Phil. Hello. <laughs> and these randos talking about how they like Def Leppard or the girls think they're good looking and the guys think he's got guitars. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I feel like I might throw up, but I'm really looking forward to digging into arguably the greatest side one of rock music. <laughs> you worried me there, Paul. Oh, the pressure. It, it's just like a riff machine of a song. By the way, everyone, you obviously can't see this. Mike has unexpectedly pulled out a guitar. I'm all for surprise guitars. This is brilliant. Go ahead, Mike. All right, then. So you were badly, badly wrong on that one. Um, yes, I've let you down. We're no longer mates. But well, that's fine. Let's just pretend we are still mates today. And then we'll move yeah, yeah. on we've to... We've got to get through this like professionals. Yeah, yeah. Next, we've got... I'm just knocking my mic over here. These songs still give me goosebumps live. They make me very emotional. Speaking of things that might be sort of crying, Let's have a look at. Even though I admit I love both songs, I'm going to go Man Enough because I love that Queen of Love bass line there that goes on through Man Enough. I'm still holding strong on Paper Sun. Here's my sign for those who can't see it Paper Sun. Are you sure you're a real Yorkshireman? You're flashing the cash a bit. I'm flashing the cash for the Yorkshireman, absolutely. (laughs) I honestly think we're the best live band, best live rock band in the world at the moment. How difficult was it to resist the temptation to answer that question for Fafoolan? Very. Pooley, I'm loving this because I can hear them learning what they want to be in this song, right? They're all singing together, ah, they're doing this stuff. I'm going, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the most bizarre questions I've ever been asked. So I'm just going to stick with (laughs) I Heard the Hunter and I can't tell you why. That song would be Promises, for sure. It's classic Def Leppard. It's Def Leppard, all this stuff that we love about Def Leppard. Billy's mental. 
but it's, it's because you're inspired. You would see Def Leppard was not probably uncommon to see them a couple of times an hour. Oh boy, that's a darn good question. I, I gotta say, I gotta be heartache for sure. God, positivity crackling through the airwaves already here. Excellent. I'm gonna go for all night. No, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> I thought you meant that then. That was very good. You got me then. Well done. I thought, well, you know, let's get that logo tattooed on. And again, that, that black X spoke to me. I'm unashamedly wearing my X with pride. You feel the energy and electricity just punch you in the face. It's amazing. The chest and everything. You know, steep composition, melodic, moody, atmospheric. And he was so good at just weaving these melodies and building something slow and brooding with these musical ideas. He just said, Richard? He says, yes. Do you Rick Savage from Def Leppard? He says, yes. You're kidding me. Uh, it's the trapdoor clown, because the rock and roll clown, frankly, they could beat the shit out of you, because, again, they're just, their art is nailed, aren't they? No fear. So the actual circus clown, I reckon I could twat him. He looks like a man who knows people. But the first word I've written down for this song is gold. An absolute yeah. gem, and it reminds me of something like Thule. There's a part in Sugar in the Chorus where I've got my arm up and I'm kind of singing, blurting the chorus out. We're fucking Death Leopard. We are still the band and we still write great songs and it's the five of us against the lawyer. Uh, the guitars alone. Yeah, gold masterpiece. She's just a devil woman with evil on her mind. So come on, come on is kind of like a hat tip to that sound. And I do, I do like when they do it because obviously they enjoy it. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> okay, what line? If you're looking for a new band, you know where to come. Anytime. And look at that. Time just flies. When we're having fun, we're talking about the greatest band in the world. Yeah, no, now time, it's time to get busy in, in the real world. But uh, no, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we'll see you out there. I mean, it was great. They were awesome. You guys were amazing. And um, it was a huge party. You got the best official, unofficial Death Leopard podcast in the world. Thanks, brother. It was wonderful teaming up with you guys. Yeah. Boom. Drop the mic.